Welcome to the Sober Gay Sunday podcast, a podcast about being gay and sober and not just on Sundays. In this podcast, we'll explore the ins and outs of being queer and sober in a world where drinking and using are woven into the fabric of our culture. This season, we'll be hearing the stories of addiction and recovery from sober gays from all over the world. Every story of recovery is unique in its own way, and every story deserves to be heard. So let's go. In this episode, we welcome Brandon. Brandon is also known as Brandon Extravaganza from the New York City voguing house, The House of Extravaganza. He's originally from Pennsylvania, but moved to New York City for 20 years before moving to Raleigh to gain his sobriety. From dancing and voguing at major events and shows in New York City for Pride, to being a store leader in retail, and now wanting to openly discuss his sobriety, HIV, and healing journey to inspire others. He just celebrated five years of sobriety from drugs in June 2023. Please welcome Brandon. I moved down here. I promised myself that I would not have sex for four years, at least four years. Um, and that was me because I couldn't, I couldn't differentiate the difference between drugs and sex. I used both of them together. Mm-hmm. So even the thought of having sex actually repulsed me, um, mm-hmm. in the first year. And I would speak to my therapist, speak to my doctor and, you know, I would talk to them about how I, the one trigger that I would be afraid of if I would have sex, would that trigger me back into wanting to do drugs? because for my most of my life, that's all I knew how to do was have sex and drugs. Mm-hmm. Um, and it got, you know, it got, you know, those triggers got over. Um, mm-hmm. I started going out and meeting people, uh, you know, and, but I always also promised myself is anyone who does any kind of meth or well, any kind of drug at all, I just need to separate myself because yeah. I can't have, that's the boundary that I set. And that it was even the boundary that I set for my friends that I've known for all my life. Like, if you continue doing it at this point, I can't be around you until I know that I'm around. I know that I'm not going to have any urges or have very little urges that maybe I can be around you guys, maybe out in the club, you know, or anything like that. But it was very strict of, I only talked to those five people for four years, um, strictly just those five people. I didn't talk to anyone else. I would see people out and I would hug them. I would, you know, say, I I wish you well, but then I would walk away and and go with my friends and, you know, sometimes be just, I was, sometimes I would just hang out at the DJ booth and just sit there and just be like, okay, I'm not going on a dance floor. I'm not doing anything. I'm just going to sit behind a DJ booth and just enjoy the music and be as is. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was the four years that I've been, you know, I started being sober. I'm celebrating five years. I celebrated five years, June 27th, 2023. Congratulations. That's amazing. Thanks. Well done. So now that you are sober, what are some of the tools in your sobriety toolbox? Like, do you go to AA? Do you do therapy? Do you do journaling? Do you listen to podcasts? Like what's your kind of uh, medium for sobriety? So I would say my friends, uh, really talking to my friends and just picking up the phone. If I have urges, um, I would sit there and just say, Hey, today's a really bad day. Can I talk to you about something? Or, Hey, can I, you know, I'm having an urge, you know, can I, I need to figure out how to pass this. That was my early, I would say two years, three years. Mm -hmm. Uh, now I journal 
where now I sit in my thoughts. Um, you know, recently somebody, you know, a, a really close friend, well, very important person came into my life, started tearing away of my thought process and my mindset of, you know, I need to sit in my thoughts. I need to understand my feelings. I need to understand, you know, where things are coming from and actually feel those. And this year, that's what I've been doing is sitting in my thoughts, my feelings, my emotions, and letting things come up and journaling. And then just, you know, going for walks and being in nature, um, things that I never thought I would do, I'm doing now. Uh, instead of going out and voguing and, and dancing in the clubs, I'll vogue and dance in, in you know, um, in my house, in my apartment. Mm-hmm. And or just, you know, have my best friend call and do like a little choreography, like, and just be on FaceTime. Um, and just, you know, I do still go out a little bit, but not as much as I used to. Uh, you know, those are my coping mechanisms. And just understanding that any feeling that I have or any feeling that comes up, it will pass. Yeah. I just can't act on it. You know, I, it's, if I have those urges of wanting to use, I just can't act. Yeah. What's, um, what's your connection now to the ballroom scene? So, I mean, that's a big name that you had to, of course, leave in New York because that was where your drug addiction started, but what's your connection now? Uh, I don't do balls anymore. Um, I still have the last name. I still, you know, am part of the house of extra- extravaganza, but I consider myself because I've, been running with them since 96, 90, like 96 or 99. Can't remember the year. Um, I can consider myself an old school one where if there's a big ball, like the latex ball, I'll go um, if I have time and I have off and maybe I'll walk. Uh, I've been trying to go to the balls in Charlotte. Um, They don't really have balls here Mm -hmm. uh, in Raleigh, but I'm still affiliated with them. I, you know, I talked to Manny Extravaganza yesterday about, you know, just life in general and, you know, things that we want to, do with the house um they do the aids walk every year so i go up to new york every year for that um you know i you know the ball scene it's not what it was when it when i started to join it's definitely different i'm sure <laughs> I'm, I, I can only imagine mm-hmm. but yeah i you know i've i love doing it you know i love having the name you know i feel like you know with this with having the name for me is not just it's who i am it's part of me, but it's also helped with, you know, having a platform of not, not, you know, not just with the gay community in the clubs, but also the ballroom, the ballroom kids, uh, the ballroom children, they also, you know, have issues with addiction. So whatever I can do to help ballroom kids get just LGBT in general, you know, help them get on the sobriety journey. That's kind of what I want to do. That's amazing. Yeah, I feel like every little facet of the gay community needs a little bit of like a sober pocket, you know, like even the, you know, the ballroom scene or the circuit scene or, you know, all the bear, the bear scene. There's always a good, I think, opportunity for a little bit of sobriety assistance because it's it really does affect everybody. And it's 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 all over the place and it's wild, especially now. Um, so you mentioned a lot of your friends, but, um, if you could pick like your biggest supporter, who is someone is like your total rock? Like who's your biggest supporter right now? Uh, there's so many, (laughs) maybe it's unfair to ask for one, but like, you know, maybe a few honorable mentions, you know? Um, I guess honorable mentions, um, (laughs) my best friend, Shane, uh, he's been my rock since day one, uh, since back in 20, uh, I guess, 2003 I think uh he's been my rock um I would say Charlie one of my other best friends Charlie 
Uh, he's been my rock too. Uh, my best friend Peter, uh, Robert and Guy um, from Guy Smith Lightings. Um, my friend Greg. I would also say my gay father Lonnie, uh, and then I would say basically even Mother Giselle Extravaganza. You know she was is has been very supportive about my sobriety journey, and even me as you know a quote unquote white kid in a Latino house too as well. Very, very supportive. Um, I would say those are my honorary mentions. I love that. That's a great, it's a great group of people. That's incredible. Um, so now that you are sober, what are what's it, what's your future look like? What are some plans and goals you have? Um goals. I woke up one morning the other day and something clicked a higher self or you know something said to start drafting up a book. Um yes. So I would, after holidays, because I'm a store director in, in retail. So after the holidays, I am going to draft up some ideas of what chapters are going to look like. Um, and it's about my journey, my life, um, you know, and hopefully get it self-published mm -hmm. or just published in general. Um, also, you know, when I feel comfortable, start doing podcasts about, you know, my HIV journey, sobriety journey. And having guests just like you, you're doing, just having guests on as well. Um, one of my dreams, and I let this slide when I started using drugs, but one of my dream goals have has always been to send a video or audition video out to Cirque du Soleil. There we go. <laughs> That's um, cool. But at 41, I mean, as long as it's an audition video, I'm completely fine with that. I don't need the in-person video uh, audition. Uh, just as a, a video like that's one of my dreams and one of my goals um one of my old goals was to audition for madonna and i did that for the super bowl in 2013 um right. so that was one of my goals too but now recently getting sober that i would say those three are things that i would like to do in my future uh one also thing that i would like to do is go around lgbtq centers and really just talk about the journey and talk about you know for yeah. young youth I think with the older, the older generation of talking about HIV and how they, what what they were doing in the eighties and and how impactful the um, AIDS epidemic was, going around talking about their journeys, I think that you know that leads us to the newer generation and talking about our generation of sobriety and going into talking to the new generation of you know protection, watching you know being like doing the drugs and stuff like that. Yeah. I tried out for Cirque du Soleil myself when I was 21. So that is kind of cool to hear. <laughs> I was a gymnast when I, until 16, well, until 15. Um, I, you know, I did dancing and, and cheerleading when I was younger too, as well. So I, I get the aches and, and, and cranks and like your back is hurting. You're like, I'm not flexible. Like I used to be. <laughs> oh, no, no. And I coach full time. So like my kids was like, do something. I'm like, no. <laughs> what you want me to do is like tear my Achilles in front of all of you and have to like hobble home. <laughs> I get that. Um, so what is one piece of advice you could give to a newly sober person? There's not one piece. There's three things. Um, first, most importantly, it is okay. Uh, for me, you know, saying it is okay that, you know, letting that person know it's okay that the feelings are going to come up, mm -hmm. you know, acknowledge them, be in that moment. Um, it is okay. The urges are going to come up. Um, 
you know, it's okay that you have to let go of people. It's okay that you don't want to go to that party or that, you know, circuit party or, you know, that ball, you know, just to keep, you know, your, your path on sobriety, you know, and just saying in your mind, it is okay. Like everything is okay. You will get through it. You know, you've, you've accomplished the biggest step and that is getting sober, like starting the sober journey. I think that is one of the hardest things continuing the path after the first year, it gets a little bit easier. Um, but everybody's journey is different. You know, mine's journey is different than yours and, and such. And, you know, that's one thing. The other thing would be mind over matter, um, which I got tattooed on my back of my first year of being sober is, you know, your, your mind is one of the most powerful things in your body and your, like your brain. Um, so knowing that, you know, you have the tools within you, you have the strength within you to continue down the path. Like, you know, you're, everyone has that kind of strength mm-hmm. to continue that sobriety, to not give in. Um, and then my last one would be people, places, and things. Um, people don't, you know, you, every, everybody that's going on that sober journey believes that they can continue being friends with the people that they used with, but that's not the case. Um, you know, and it's not everybody. It's like some people do, um, you know, people for me would be, you know, I had to let go of a lot of people. So saying it's okay that, you know, you need, you need to let go of the people that you used with people that are still using, um, places, you know, try to avoid places that you were using at, you know, if you, it's your first year and you were using a lot in clubs, try to avoid that for the first year. I know it's tough. I know it's hard. Um, And then the things, the things that you were doing while you are, you know, high, like, you know, you know, were you going out and, you know, having, you know, going to bathhouses, try to avoid that, try to avoid the things that you were doing. Good advice. That's good advice. So um, I'm pretty open on social media about my sobriety journey. And one of the things that I experience is messages from people who have loved ones who are in active addiction. So if you could give one piece of advice to someone who's dealing with a loved one who is currently in active addiction, what would it be? I would go in and, and sit there and say, and give the advice of, don't say you understand if you have never been through it, but lead with compassion and lead with love. Because if you sit there and say, you understand, you understand, and you physically have not gone through it, then you truly don't understand, but you can lead with compassion and lead with love and be the support system that they need and be the safe place. You know, let them know that, you know, whatever they're dealing with, you know, try to take, try to take away their pain. Um, I'm going to sit there and say, you know, be understanding, go to them and let them come to you. Like, let them say, you know, give that advice saying, I, I'm here for you whenever you're ready, you know, don't pressure them because the more that you pressure them, the, you know, they're not going to feel comfortable talking. Um, I would also say, uh, you know, really, really lead with compassion because somebody that is trying to get sober, somebody that is still has that active addiction, you know, their mind is everywhere. You know, their feelings are everywhere. They're not, you know, sometimes that they're, they think their only option is death. And, you know, their, you know, their, their feelings are worthless. Um, So go in with compassion and, you know, speak to them with love and kindness and not just say, you have to get sober for this. You have to get sober for that. It's saying, okay, you know, what can I do to help you? 
you know, I think also is, you know, everybody has their own way of dealing with it and 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 becoming sober and, and and starting that journey. So you really can't push somebody. They have to be ready. You know, that person has to be ready. Um, you know, I I'm I'm a believer of, you know, you can't, you know, you can't push somebody to get sober. They have to be ready for it. Um, because if you push somebody to be sober and they're not ready, then it's just going to go into possible relapse. Yeah. Um, and again, everybody's journey is different. Um, but I think that's the, you know, advice that I would give is 100% just lead with compassion and love and kindness and, and speak to that person with kindness and speak to that person with love because that's what they need in that moment. Like that's what they need. Yeah. I think that's great advice. So um, I run an organization here in Boston called Sober Gay Sunday. We do things like axe throwing and beach days and paint night. And we're going to the symphony uh, in a couple of weeks for the holidays. So if you could pick one dream Sober Gay Sunday activity, what would it be? Yeah. I would say maybe skydiving or bungee jumping. There we go. Um, but also, you know, write down a list of everything that you told yourself that you wanted to do while you were high, mm-hmm. like activities. And now that you're sober, like once you, if you were telling your, yourself things that you wanted to do while high, when you got sober, mm-hmm. um, I would say, do those things, write down those lists. So bungee jumping, you know, skydiving, you know, taking a day trip, you know, do those things that you wanted to do while you were high, when you, when you started thinking about being sober. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Yes, that's uh, we we have a lot of cool things coming up. I hope so. Skydiving has been mentioned a couple of times, so maybe we'll have to look into doing that. <laughs> I that's one thing I want to do, and who knows, maybe you know, I'm I come up north, every, you know, a couple of times, so I might have to come to Boston. All right, let me know. Let me know. You're uh, everyone is welcome. So um, now that we're kind of wrapping up, where can people find you on social media if they want to find you? Uh, my tag name for Instagram is Brandon Extravaganza. Um, my, my, uh, my space, I was going back. <laughs> no, I was like, is that really? <laughs> uh, my Facebook is Brandon Extravaganza Soders. Um, so you can find me on there, um, on both of them. Um, my LinkedIn is just Brandon Soders. If anybody wants to contact me there, that's my professional, um, one. Um, but yeah, those are the three things. Excellent. All right. Well, those will also all be in the show notes. So people can find you if they're, if they're interested. So I just want to thank you very much for being on the Sober Gay Sunday podcast. It's been really awesome having you. Thank you. It's been fun being here. Thank you for tuning into the Sober Gay Sunday podcast. Please feel free to like, subscribe, share, and comment. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Sober Gay Sunday. You can also email me directly at SoberGaySunday at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, stay sober, guys. I'm so sick of small talk and tell me something you're dropping in me on my head with your biggest mistakes. I don't want your daily drama, fill me in on family traumas, tell me all the medication that you take. Cause life's so short, we're playing so fast.